on this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Me and CJ will be taking a look inside Week 12 action in the National Football League, along with an interesting breakdown from CJ about high-powered offenses in college football today. All that and so much more. That's all coming your way next on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All right. Episode 15 of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast starts right now. I'm your host, Josh Kirby, alongside my co-host, C.J. Mentira. C.J., how was your Thanksgiving, sir? It was very delicious, I can tell you that. Yes, it was very delicious. I had a lot of turkey. A lot of pie. Actually, took home two pumpkin pies from work. I had cheesecake, so I beat you out. Cheesecake? You don't like cheesecake? No, no cheesecake on Thanksgiving. What is wrong with you? Hey, I mean, <laughs> I ain't hating. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get right into it. Here we have a pretty full podcast, and we're we're gonna start off j- diving head in first with the NFL. Your three Thanksgiving Day matchups start with the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions. Wow. I I was sort of surprised that Mitch Trubisky was out, but yeah. Chase Daniel got the job done. I guess and, Matt Nagy really has an act for taking on quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, and next week I heard a report that Chase Daniel might start again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. J- just goes to show you how great of a coach Matt Nagy is by – uh, like taking on a backup quarterback like that, and they beat the Lions twenty three to sixteen. Yeah, the Lions, I believe they won last year on Thanksgiving. Was it against the Vikings? I believe it was. But I was scared for this game because Mitch Trubisky, he's he's the leader on that offense, and taking away a leader is something bad for an offense. But Chase Daniel, man, he came in. 27 of 37, only incompleted 10 passes. That's pretty dang good for a quarterback, (laughs) for a backup. And this is also the second time they played him in three weeks. They played him a couple weeks ago, played another team, and then went had to go back and play Detroit. (laughs) So they already know what's going on with Detroit. Wow. Yeah, but um, think about this. Rushing yards, like, non-existent in this game. I'm surprised about that, too, because, yeah. You would think with the backup quarterback, you would need to rely on your run game more than anything. But I guess Chase Daniel just knew what he needed to do in this game. Yeah. But, I mean, of course, the big the big plus this game was the Bears defense. And it's been there the whole season. Eddie Jackson with the interception return. Yeah, Matt Stafford with two interceptions on yeah. the day. That goes to show you how great the Bears defense is so far. They're the number one defense. I don't care what the stats say on the Baltimore Ravens having the number one defense. I don't care because the Chicago Bears, they're going to play the Rams up here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be in Chicago. And I can tell you that, you know, the Rams have a powerful offense, but the Bears are the scary team because they know how to play defense and they have a viable offense. In my opinion, in my opinion, watch out for the Bears because if they get a – a home game in the playoffs, watch out. Watch out. Yep. And um, LeGarrette Blunt in that game, 19 carries, 88 yards. Yeah. He, they, they Very were good pushing, game for him. They were pushing the football, but I think turnovers were was the main factor in what cost the Lions the game. Yeah, also. Because it was a close game all yeah, around. Yeah. I mean, the interception return was the dagger that put him in, that put the Bears ahead. And the Bears – Eight and three now, and they get to come back home, and now they got to play this upcoming Sunday. I don't know who against, but they'll be we'll playing. Well, check. That is against the New York Giants. Oh, wow. Is it in Chicago, or is it up in New York this I think weekend? it's in New York. Okay. Yeah. But moving right along from the Bears-Giants, the first game of the Thanksgiving triple header to, jeez. Ah, like, like what, were you going to expect this? Could I say something, though, real quick? What? Today is the day I know 11 years ago that you guys lost a great player. Oh, my God. Sean yep. Taylor is I've one of the best players I've seen. I've been seeing it all over the news. And I know Joe Gibbs, he said, 
God created men to play football, and this was one of them. And Sean Taylor was one of them. So respects to Sean Taylor. I hope you're still resting in peace because you were you were a sight to see. For he the NFL. was a great athlete. Absolutely. I enjoyed watching him. Probably my favorite moment was the Redskins-Cowboys game where he recovers a blocked field goal and runs it up, gets a face mask, and gets in range for Nick Novak to kick that field goal. Mm-hmm. One, one of my greatest moments. And another, another great moment in the Pro Bowl where he yes. just slams the that punter. kicker. Slams oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what well, we can talk all day about the great memories of Sean Taylor, but he made an impact for Washington, and it, he's still missed today. Twenty-one, he's the man, and the, he deserves that number to be retired, and he deserves one day to possibly be in the Hall of Fame if that's possible. I don't know if that'll happen, but he deserves to have that jersey retired because of the impact he had on the field. Yeah. But back to the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, For some great moments of Sean Taylor to, oh, my goodness. Like, who who was going to expect the Redskins were going to pull out a win with their backup quarterback on a short week? Like, seriously. Case in point, the reason why they didn't lose – First off, Adrian Peterson, 12 carries, 35 yards. Once again, the run game, non-existent. I do have to admit, though, that the Dallas defense is a lot different this year than the past couple years just because their defensive line is a lot better. Demarcus Lawrence, is a he's a mess, and he's hard to handle with. But continue on, Josh. Yeah, but another thing, Cole McCoy on short rest. Three interceptions Mm -hmm. and two touchdowns. The Redskins took the lead there Mm -hmm. from that touchdown pass to Trey Quinn. I was like, man, this might be a close game, but no, it wasn't. And, (laughs) I mean, I wasn't keeping my hopes up, you know, short rest for a backup quarterback, a short week to prepare. Doesn't get all the reps. Probably Mm -hmm. only two days of practice before they fly out on Wednesday. Most likely, And play on Thursday. So. Mm I mean, the division is neck and neck. And we'll get into that later, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Yep, and I mean, I mean, I I expected this. So, Redskins are still uh, tied for first place yes. with Dallas. Yes. I mean, shockingly, I mean, the division is that bad. But here's, here's what I want to say about Dallas, though, is that this game, it's a good division win for them, but. I still just I, – I hate that they're on Thanksgiving. I really do. Like, they're, they're – I'm going to say it. They're a disgrace on Thanksgiving most of the time. And Jason Garrett, I don't understand how he's still their head coach. I don't know why he's still their head coach. Cowboy fans will probably tell you he's a good coach, and then there's some that is like, no, he's mediocre. They need somebody in there who loves winning. They need a leader. Mike Houston of the JMU Dukes, when I was under him, he was a fiery guy. But the one thing that he cared about more than anything was making sure that we made teams pay and we won the dang game, okay? That was the number one thing. And I just don't see that with Jason Garrett. Because now, after this huge win against the Washington Redskins, guess who they got to play on Thursday night this week? The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. Sure, they come to Dallas, but you still got to go up against New Orleans. And now DeMarcus Lawrence is already... That's going to be tough. And now DeMarcus Lawrence, he's already talking. He's already saying, we're going to make that offensive line choke. And I I don't believe that one second because this offense for New Orleans is pretty dang good. Yep, and... With that point, if the Cowboys lose, mm-hmm. the Redskins play on Monday night against Patrick's Eagles, and if the Redskins win, they're back in first place. I know. That's, That's how terrible the one, division though. is. But, you know, the Redskins on Monday night against the Eagles, they're going to lose. Probably Carson Wentz throwing 500 yards or some absurd, absurd like that because, you know, it's Monday night. But <laughs> I mean, Colt McCoy – his stats, yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot to improve on in Washington. And could Colt McCoy be the answer? I'm not sure. 
I'm but, not so sure either. Yeah, but Alex Smith coming back to play that that's not happening this year, Josh. Not, no, no, not. not this year. I meant in years to come. I don't know. What what does this mean for the wall, uh, the Redskins moving forward? Like Maybe. they put all their money into Alex Smith yeah, and they did. The, there he is, injured. Like there's and it's the worst kind of injury. Yes. It's broken leg. Yeah, and there's doubt that if he will come back yes. in the years to come. Because of his age, too. Yeah. I mean, he's already 35 years old, 34 years old. Yeah. So what what does that mean moving forward? That's stuff we're going to have to dive deep we'll into. We'll dive into that later. But, I mean, the Redskins, just, just be happy that at least you have a competent quarterback with Colt McCoy, at least. Yeah, he's been with the system yes. for a while. But, yes. like, he hasn't played since 14. Mm-hmm. And, I mean – with not as many reps, yes. I was totally expecting that. I like how close it was, 31 to 23, but still, I, I was expecting that. Zeke Elliott on the other side of the ball, 26 for 121 in a touchdown. Dak Prescott rushed one in as well. And Dak Prescott in the air, 22 for 31, 289 yards and two touchdowns. So Dallas, pretty good day for them. Pretty good on, overall performance for him. Yep, and we're moving right along from the 31-23 loss in Dallas to New Orleans moving right along. Yeah, my my good man Biff, his Saints pulled it out again. I mean, everyone kind of expected it, though, for New Orleans to port, pull it out against Atlanta. It's a struggling defense. They're not really too hot right now. And Matt Ryan, he's – he did good though, thirty-five of forty-seven for over three hundred yards. But at the end of the day, I mean, Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, and he's on fire still. So yeah, yeah most definitely. But what what I see here, Drew Brees threw four touchdowns, but he has only one hundred seventy-one passing yards. I don't see how that <laughs> it, it, the stats. Who cares? Four touchdowns. Four That's touchdowns. Big. I don't care what you say, Drew Brees. Four touchdowns. Who cares if the passing yards matter? Points Alvin, on the board to win the game. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, also the dynamic backs. That's yep. what makes them so good on on offense. And we've said alleviate the pressure off the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if I had a quarter for every time I said the running game, something about the running game on this podcast, I'd be rich. You'd be very rich. Yes, I mean, it's something you got to have in this league. And look at what Atlanta did. Not run the football. Matt Ryan was their leading rusher. He was their leading rusher. Tevin Coleman only had eight carries for six yards. Oh, my. Not even a yard gained per average. Well, you all know the story there if you're a listener. But, yep, 31-17. to Any last thoughts on that game? Well, I mean, the only big thing about that is that the Saints do turn the ball over sometimes, though. Drew Brees fumbled it one time, and also he threw a pick. So, I mean, that was probably the only bad takeaway from this game in terms of what the New Orleans Saints did. But other than that, my good man Biff and his Saints pulled it out this week, and now they go up against Dallas this Thursday. Oh, yeah. And I'm that, sure you'll be happy if they win. <laughs> that, yep, I'm hoping they do. But um, moving on, Thanksgiving sh- – um, in Thanksgiving, all division games. So. Yes. Well, that was interesting. But um, moving right along to Sunday, the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Th- thank you to my boy Jonah, first off, because he started my intro for this podcast and actually joined me on a show. So he gave me a Sunday ticket info. So I could watch this game. Four <laughs> screens on my yeah. phone. I was like, yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? Buffalo's actually doing well. Hey, remember the remarks at the beginning of the year? Actually, before the beginning of the year, Jalen Ramsey calling out and saying, Josh Allen is trash. That's what he gets. Well, I guess you get your comeuppets because Josh Allen, he played pretty good. He only threw the ball eight. He only threw the ball 19 times, but he – he got a touchdown, and he got 160 yards. The the running rushing game here, like wow, Josh Allen 99 yards on the ground. I'm surprised, man. Wow. I really am. 
And, and, and Jacksonville did a good job, too. They had over 200 yards rushing. What does that tell you, though? There is an issue. Blake and Bortles. And its name is Blake Bortles. And just the other day, I believe it was yesterday, Blake Bortles is benched. They are starting Cody Kessler now. They fired their offensive coordinator. I don't know what to tell you about Jacksonville. They're they're in a mess right now. They There's really big are. changes coming. There are obviously. And the only thing I will say about this though is that Blake Bortles, he's probably going to need to be there for another year just so that they could get the money out of his contract because it is a three-year deal. But the only way that they're going to be able to make any money on this is if they keep him another year. I don't know if Cody Kessler can turn this around for them. I mean, they're three and eight right now, but I don't see them turning this around this year. But Blake Bortles, man, dude, after after the season you had last year, taking it all the way to the title game, the past two weeks, 127 yards passing and 104 yards passing the past two weeks. What what is, What is up? What is up? You have weapons at your disposal. You do. D.D. Westbrook, T.J. Yeldon. Leonard Fournette. I know Marquise Lee is hurt. I know Austin Safarian Jenkins is hurt. Dante Moncrief. But you have these weapons at your disposal that players like, yeah, you said Dante Moncrief that Andrew Luck made look great. So I don't know what to say. Buffalo, great win. And Leonard Fournette, you also get your comeuppance, and now you're suspended for this upcoming game. Hey, not. 18 carries for 95 yards before he gets ejected. I know, and he did that last week against Pittsburgh. He didn't get ejected, but now you are for throwing punches. What are you doing? I know this season is lost, but you cannot do that because that does not look good on your resume going forward. It just doesn't. It says that you put yourself above above the team. That is not good. But Buffalo, nice job. Way to go, Josh Allen. Take back what Jalen Ramsey said. And you get the win. And now you move on to four and seven. 24 to 21. Moving on here, Hugh Jackson meets up with his former team again. So yeah. I, I, I just think it's a person problem and not, you know, because the Bengals lost and the Browns won and Hugh Jackson wasn't on the team. Let, let me say this. Let me say this. The Bengals are five and six right now. The worst defense in the NFL. Let's not forget, Marvin Lewis is calling the defensive plays since he fired his defensive coordinator. Uh, okay, why? first off, why is Marvin Lewis still the head coach of the Bengals? Let me ask you this. In what profession, anywhere in the world, can somebody be average or below average for 16 years and still keep their job? I don't understand. I really don't understand. How in the world? He has won four division titles, zero and seven in the playoffs. Never won a playoff game. Chokes in the wild card every time. 16 years. And now you are playing against a team that you beat twice last year. They went 0-16. What do they do? They drop 35 points on you. Baker Mayfield throws four touchdowns. No picks, 258 yards. Wow. Well, um... What what I some funny things I took from this game. I I just hope Hugh Jackson took that game ball and hung it on his mantle, please. <laughs> that blame, was hilarious. I know it was, but I don't blame Hugh Jackson for taking a job. I mean, he needs a job after he gets fired from Cleveland. He's a coach. It's his profession. And when Baker Mayfield said, oh, I can't believe that Hugh Jackson will go to a division rival. If a team, if the Baltimore Ravens were to call me and say, hey, we we have a job opening for you, I'd say, I'm there. I don't <laughs> care what I am. I, I may be a Steelers fan, but I don't care. I'm taking that job. It's the same thing with Hugh Jackson. You can't have loyalty as a coach. You need a job. Yeah. They're not making millions and millions of dollars every single year. They're doing it because they love the game. And Hugh Jackson, yeah, he's got a game ball from Demarius Randall. Good on him. But the Bengals, they're just they're just a bad team this year. Now Andy Dalton's gone for the year. He's on injured reserve, so Jeff Driscoll is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Bengals. Uh, 
I, I don't know what to say about that one, but <laughs> 10 for 17, 100 yards, one touchdown and an interception before Jeff Driscoll takes over for him. And Baker Mayfield had some comments about Hugh Jackson after the game or sort of like That's saying, what I was saying. Yeah, like yeah, I forget what he said exactly, but we have people we trust now calling the plays. Yeah, I can't believe that he would just call out a pl- a coach like that. Who do you think you are? You're a rookie. No one But guess what? I- I'm going to say it, Josh. Athletes, they're dicks. They really are. They are. When when they have that money on them, they feel like they could do whatever they want. And I've been around athletes. They don't care about anyone else but themselves and their brothers. That's all they care about. And so I'm not surprised he said that stuff because he's a quarterback in the NFL who makes millions of dollars. And he doesn't give a crap about who – he doesn't give a crap about anybody. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you sort of. I I think it's just – oh, man. Sorry about that, but um, I I just think yeah he's a rookie and um the comments I don't really like but I mean yeah the thing I get from this watching hard knocks at the beginning of the season to where the Browns have come from now wow I'm not sure if you watched hard knocks yes but of course I did wow from where it's came from now wow but anyways any last thoughts on this game no the Cleveland Browns. Four, six, and one now? Hey, no one thought that they would probably get this far in wins. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield, I may dislike his comments, but he's a heck of a quarterback, man. He's a heck of a leader. He's a heck of a player. So Yeah, so um, Greg Williams, interim head coach for the Browns, do you think he has a future as the head coach? I don't I don't think so. I think I think he wants to stay as a defensive coordinator, in my in my opinion, because that's he's turned this defense around as well but who knows i don't know that much so he may he may pull a fast one on us and say yeah i want to be the head coach of this team because i've proven it this past season former redskins coach by the way yes yes he coached sean taylor too (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah so moving on here the browns 35 the Bengals 20 to two very close neck and neck games that I have been watching closely on Sunday. The Giants and the Eagles and the Panthers and the Seahawks. Starting with the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles. Oh, boy. I I, I saw the score uh, because the game was blacked out in the area. But I saw the score kept rising, rising, rising. I was like, what's up with the Giants? And I checked the stats. Saquon Barkley's looking pretty darn good. 13 carries, 101 yards. The thing about it is the Giants lost the lead. Eli Manning, I think he's out of it. Like 26 for 37, 297 yards, one touchdown. But when it matters most, he throws an interception. The Eagles produce a game-winning drive, kicks a field goal, and wins the game. Well, the interception actually came – Right before the second, I mean, the first half ended. So they were trying to drive and get some more points, but he threw an errant throw because I'm going to take it a step further on Saquon Barkley. He's their best player. I don't care Odell Beckham is on their team, he is their best all around player. When I saw Saquon Barkley play in that first half, you know how many touches he got in the second half? Four. Four touches. What was that? I don't get it. You you win the, the first, first half. half. Yes, <laughs> and then in the second half, you just go abandon the run game. What what is that? And you also abandon throwing. Well, no, I won't say that. The Eagles did play a lot of check down defense av- after the first half because they noticed that they were trying to throw it to him. But the interception that Eli Manning threw, if if you go back and watch the film, he had Saquon Barkley open in the middle of the field at the twenty five yard line. Five yards away from him are defenders, but he tries to force it into none other than Odell Beckham. He tries to force it, and Malcolm Jenkins reads it, comes right across the center, and picks it off. It was an errant throw, and that's why the Giants are just not a good team. I don't like Eli Manning right now. He's like Ben sometimes, and he tries to force these throws, and that's not good. 
Just because you have an all-pro wide receiver, don't force the throws. Because guess what? The Eagles, they didn't have anybody on defense. I was watching their players. I could not name one cornerback. Ronald Darby is gone. Jalen Mills is hurt. <laughs> Rodney McLeod is hurt and gone. And <laughs> Like these guys are just, they're practice squad players. How do you not beat this defense? How do you not beat this defense? Yeah, but the Giants just blew it in the end. They just couldn't get anything going, and that's their fault, coaching and everything, because Saquon Barkley only got the ball four times in the second half. Yes. Why? I was hoping they'd win, but it didn't happen. Yes. I don't understand, because guess how many yards the Eagles held the Giants to in the second half? In terms of total yardage, let me find this real quick. Oh, my. I believe it was like somewhere at negative yardage that they held the Giants to in the second half. I I can't believe that. This is against a defense. Don't have Hicks. Don't have Darby. Don't have McLeod. Don't have Mills. They don't have anybody on the defense. How do you lose this game? But the Eagles, Zach Ertz is amazing. He is their best player on offense. It's crazy. That offense is still kicking it. Josh, uh, no, excuse me, Adams came in as the running back. He was a practice squad player at the start of the year. He's their best running back right now with the Jaya gone. 22 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown on the day. Yeah. The Eagles, great win. They needed this win after the thumping that they got from New Orleans. They needed it because now they got to go play your Redskins on Monday night. Have a little faith. Is it in Philly? Yes. It is in Philly? Oh, man, the Philly crowd's going to be roaring. I guarantee you it's going to be roaring. Yep, and this game goes to show you how bad the FC East really it is. It really does. A, such a, I mean, a division game, obviously, but wow. Who lets the Giants creep up this close? But This it, was an easy win for the Giants, and they let it go. Yep. Because of bad play call. Most definitely. You, you hit the nail on the head right there. So, moving right along from the Giants and the Eagles to the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks. And boy, I was watching this game too, back and forth. I mean, I I was I was following it on my phone and wow. End up Seahawks take the win away from the Carolina Panthers. 30 to 27. Your thoughts on this game? Let me ask you something. Who's the best player on the offense for the Carolina Panthers other than Cam Newton? Christian McCaffrey. Let me let me let me let me just show you the stat line here. Christian McCaffrey Caffrey, 17 carries, 125 yards, 11 catches, 112 yards. Does he have to do it all for the Panthers? I mean, come on. You've lost three in a row now. You were six and three right before you played Pittsburgh. You're six and five. No, you're six and yeah, you're six and five now. You were six and two, excuse me, before you played Pittsburgh. But does Christian McCaffrey have to do everything? Apparently so. Because man, how do you let somebody get two hundred and thirty seven yards of scrimmage as a running back? 11 catches, you would think that Pete Carroll would just be like, just guard 25, please. Why does this have to happen? Like, why is – I don't get it, man. I really don't. That's that's what I have to say about the Panthers right now. They're a struggling team. But McCaffrey was their only weapon? Yeah. Like, ser like it's good that they established the run game. And yes. He got the ball in the air – but one person getting it all done, you, you got to spread it out a little. Or the defense is going to figure out your game plan. Yeah, but the Panthers' defense is also a little different this year. Luke Keekley, he's still my favorite player on the defensive side of the ball. 12 tackles this past, this past Sunday against the Seahawks. But the Seahawks, they deserve it. The number one rushing offense in the league. They'll show you how to run the ball. But they got it done. Russell Wilson, he's he's a pretty dang good quarterback this year. He's 
he's brought his team back to a lot of wins this year. And now they're six and five now moving forward. Yep. So thirty to twenty seven, a game winning field goal from the legend Sebastian Janikowski. Oh yeah, old man. <laughs> yep. Uh let ooh, man, which one should we do? I um let's bring him on. All right. You started it. I could hear CJ screaming from my house after Big Ben threw this interception in the end zone to lose the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Denver Broncos come from behind and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-17. I Ben Roethlisberger had 462 yards passing. You could see that the Steelers just aren't running the ball against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have the number 27 rush defense. Why are you not running the ball? If you're watching film, why are you not running the ball against these guys? Why are you not doing that? Why is Roethlisberger throwing the ball 56 times? He only gave the ball to James Conner 13 times. Sure, he got 53 yards. That's kind of establishing the run game. But this is against the number 27 rush defense. My goodness, man. And on top of that, as I said to you multiple times, there were missed opportunities in this game. I'm going to blame the defense a little bit. you got to create some turnovers, man. Because, yeah, the offense is turning the ball over sometimes, but they kept – the defense stopped them, but they never created a turnover against them. Case Keenum, he was dang near perfect in some aspects. He never threw a pick, never fumbled it, nothing. Same thing with Lindsey, never fumbled it. The defense has got to create some turnovers. But the offense has got to stop it with the mistakes. They had a blocked field goal in the first quarter, had a fumble that rolled out of the end zone for a touch for a touchback that should have been a touchdown on the one-yard line. That's 10 points right there that you miss. And then you also had the fumble by James Conner leading you down the field while you were winning the game. You were literally winning the game, and you fumbled the ball. And for everybody out there who's saying, oh, now we need Le'Veon Bell back, screw you. <laughs> screw you. This man beat everything. This man beat cancer. You think he gives a dang about what you feel? <laughs> this man beat cancer. How could you say that? Oh, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. We need Le'Veon back. Screw you. Screw you Steeler fans out there who don't believe it. We've all fumbled in our days once or twice in our life. We all have. Yeah, that uh, whoever said that, yeah, I, I agree totally with him. Le'Veon Bell can just sit at home and sniff his money that he hasn't made this year or, I don't know, something like that, whatever he does. But, wow. Well, what a game. I, I watched it. What a game. It. Absolutely. Yeah, but. It was a heartbreaker, though, because they needed this win. Four, but 41 for 56? Wow the ball 56 times but that also shows you how many opportunities the offense had the ball they had a 97 yard touchdown pass juju smith schuster had a 97 yard touchdown run and catch that just shows you how many opportunities the defense gave the offense but the big thing the defense never created a turnover yeah. and they never gave them the ball the offense always had terrible field position as i said 97 yard touchdown run so, what does this say about the Steelers? Guess what? You're going to play the Patriots later in the year, and I'll be at that game. You're also going to play... Club seats, ain't you're, it? <laughs> you're also going to oh, play yeah. the New Orleans Saints. You're also going to play L.A. Chargers coming up here this weekend. These are teams that if you make mistakes, you're done. You, you are absolutely done, and you will not make the playoffs as a top-two seed. You just won't. So, the Steelers, disappointed. I really am because this was a game that they had won easily. Easily had won. Yeah. And how about Alejandro Villanueva? You were just up in your seat after that. You, I, I was over there for a little bit, and oh, my, you were going berserk. All because Alejandro Villanueva scored. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 24-17, the Broncos over the Steelers. And, um... Andrew Luck, 27-24, the Colts over the Dolphins. Yeah, Andrew up? Luck, 
30 for 37, 343 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And on the ground, 85 yards for Mack. Hines, another 28 yards on the ground. The Colts are looking good. Since week four, Andrew Luck has thrown 33 touchdown passes. Since week four. Andrew Luck, hey, back in 2014, he could have had an MVP year. He really could. But then, of course, the past two seasons, riddled with injuries. Just a terrible sight to see because Andrew Luck, he's a great quarterback. One day in this league, he will be the best quarterback in the league. You can count on that. You can count on that. 33 touchdowns since week four? Are you kidding me? He's on a tear, and he's back finally. He's good for the NFL. He really is. He was the number one overall pick back in 2012, ahead of RG3. And Andrew Luck, he's an athlete. (laughs) He's got a cannon of an arm, and he's also got the running ability to be able to be out there. And also, Frank Reich, their offensive coordinator, is perfect for Andrew Luck. He really is. Because he came from Philly. He's he was Philly's offensive coordinator last year. I'm sorry. Did you mean the head coach? I'm sorry. Yeah, but he is there. He is the perfect person for Andrew Luck. He is because he's more of an offensive coach absolutely. coming from Philly. And what is the one thing that you like to see about franchises? They focus on the one player. And for the Colts, it's Andrew Luck. He is their franchise player, the guy that they wanted to replace Peyton Manning, and he has. To some extent. Sure, he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl, but he's led him to the playoffs every single year that he's been the starting quarterback. He is a good quarterback. And on top of that, with Frank Reich, he could easily go to the Super Bowl now with this type of offense. Easily. But, as I said, this has only been since week four. He was hurt at the beginning of the season. He had Jacoby Brissett in. So the Colts, they had a little bit of a rough start. But easily, watch out for him in the next couple years. Watch out. If Andrew Luck stays healthy, he is the best quarterback in the game here in a couple of Potential years. Potential wild card spot this year? Or? I don't know. Because the AFC South, they still got to contest with Houston. They have them coming up again. So they're going to have to contest with them. We'll see. But maybe. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Moving on here. The Vikings. Beat the Packers. What Aaron Rodgers, only 198 yards and a touchdown. Kirk Cousins balling out 29 for 38, 342 yards and three touchdowns. But yet again, why aren't we handing the ball to why aren't they handing the ball to Dalvin Cook more and Latavius Murray more? 33 yards for Latavius Murray and 29 yards for Dalvin Cook. <sighs> wow. That's crazy. But the Vikings managed to get it done. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is really starting to make me mad with the play calling for Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best we've ever seen. And Aaron Rodgers is just having terrible play calls coming his way. And even though the Vikings are a good team, I still think that the Packers could have easily won this game. There's not much to say about this game because the Packers had this game won, but the Vikings just seem to pull it out. Division rival, it's going to be a close game. Of course it is. But the Vikings pull it out. So, Yeah, the Vikings 6-4-1 now, and um, they're still looking pretty good for that wild card spot. So yeah. I don't know. It's coming going to have to come down to how they play, how Kirk Cousins will perform, and the rest of their schedule. But – is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you because Green Bay is a type of – they're a type of organization that doesn't like to get rid of people. Michael McCarthy has been their head coach for a very long time. Ten years now he's been their head coach. And he's been able to have some mediocre seasons and still stay there. I couldn't tell you, though. He's been their head coach for ten years, and I couldn't tell you. All right. So 24-17 to 17 final there. The rest of your Week 12 scores for you, San Francisco over Tampa. No, Tampa Bay over San Francisco, 27-9. Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson, 34-17 over the 2-9 Oakland Raiders. 
Los Angeles Chargers 45, the Arizona Cardinals 10, the New England Patriots 27, and the New York Jets 13. And that Monday night game, the Houston Texans 34, and the Tennessee Titans 17. That's your Week 12 breakdown from the NFL. CJ, we have a lot to talk about in the world of college football, starting off with a Virginia Tech Hokies pretty big win against UVA going into overtime, and Virginia Tech scores and then forces a fumble. They recover, and Lane Stadium's hopping. And next week, 25 bucks gets you into a game to see Marshall. Yeah, and they have to win it to go to a bowl game. The game is – it was very heartbreaking for that Virginia quarterback. I was wanting Virginia to win just because I'm a Duke fan. But Virginia Tech, I don't know how they pulled it out. I really don't because with the Yeah, backup, I really don't either, to be honest I with really you. don't know how because their backup quarterback was not that good in this game. But Virginia, they made the mistake of fumbling it at a costly time. Very costly time. It was a missed handoff. It was a read option play and a missed handoff. Complete fumble, and that's a lack of concentration. Concentration, And the Cavaliers blew it here. And I know you have a lot to talk about. Ed Orgeron gets, gets Gatorade bathed. But seven <laughs> overtimes later, LSU falls to Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M. 74 to 72, the highest scoring game this season or overtime, something like that. It's the highest scoring game in college football history. Yes, yes, that one. You just really wanted me to get into that field, didn't you? Seven overtimes, seven overtimes. Who stayed up to watch that one, folks? <laughs> 43. Okay, let's look at these numbers. 80. 84 <laughs> points were scored in seven overtimes. That's more than the entire score of the other quarters combined. You have got to be kidding me. That this is how it ended 74-72. to 72. Their quarterback, Kellen Mond, threw six touchdowns. No interceptions. No interceptions. There's no defense there. <laughs> what is up with these defenses, man? It was the same thing with Oklahoma, West Virginia. Oklahoma won 59 to 56. West Virginia, you have a better defense than Oklahoma. You have a better de You know how many yards Oklahoma's defense gives up per game? 427. They average giving give up 427 yards a game. You have got to be kidding me. My ring upstairs in my room is a, is a token of showing what the Dukes were able to do last year. We were the best defense in the country. The number one defense in everything that we did. Scoring defense, turnovers, total yardage. Why is it so hard for these coaches to adapt to these adapting offenses? Defense, you can ask my brother. Defense is a lot simpler than offensive schemes. It is. But all these young coaches don't put the time and effort into their work. When I was with JMU, you know what our defense consisted of? Old school guys. Old timers. The defensive coordinator was always the last one out of the office because I would see him up in his office watching film at 10 o'clock at night, every single night trying to perfect his defense to make sure that he was the best. What do we have now? We have all these young guys who don't, who just don't care. And clearly, 72 points, and you lost! You gave up 72 points! You scored 72 points, and you lost! West Virginia, you scored 56 points, and you lost! Oh, my God, dude. Why? Why is this so hard to see? I know you're going to say, because that's the way football is now. No, it's not. Clearly, I have a ring upstairs to show you. It is not. It is not. This is ridiculous. 
Their defensive coordinator should be fired. You gave up 74 points. You gave up 74 points. My God. Let's look at your total yardage here. Let's see how many total yards you gave up here. I know I'm getting so heated right now, Josh. But let's see how many total yards. Can you gave up 521 yards. How how are you able to get how are you able to sleep after this game? Oh, you probably just didn't even go back to the office and watch the film because you're young. You need to get out there and do other stuff instead of caring about your job. My goodness, this is a disgrace. And I'm mad because I pride myself on working with a good defense and understanding that defense wins championships. You know why Alabama is the number one team in the country every single year? Because their defense is unstoppable. And you know it. They are the number one team because they pride themselves on fast, mad defense every single week and every single year. Or they just get an easy schedule so they can just take a one-way ticket to the national championship game. Well, guess what? They got Georgia coming up here in the SEC championship game. We'll find out. We will find out. This college football weekend, if you are not watching college football on Saturday, oh my gosh. This is the best weekend for college football. You have the Red River rematch of Oklahoma and Texas, and Texas beat Oklahoma this year. You have the Red River. The one loss on Oklahoma is Texas. You have the rematch of this year. You have UCF playing Memphis. Prayers up to Mackenzie Milton. You broke your leg, and I'm so sorry because you are one of the best quarterbacks in the country for the national champions, quote-unquote. You're going to play Memphis, a great team coming up here. Pittsburgh, you're going to get a chance at Clemson in the ACC championship game. And, of course, the game that we all wanted to see. But for some reason, Ohio State scores 62 points again, again, against the number one defense in the country. This is Michigan we're talking about. They pride themselves on defense. I'll give some credit there. Vic Fangio, he's an old-timer. His defense just got absolutely manhandled in this game. He re They really did. But it just also goes to show that Jim Harbaugh is overrated. How many years has he been their head coach? Four now? After, uh, I think uh, three or four. It's four, four years, I believe. Haven't beaten Ohio State one time. This is the best Michigan team they've had in years. They still can't even beat Ohio State. You're overrated. You're absolutely overrated if you think that you're just going to be able to be the head coach of, of Michigan and play in the big house every year. Why is this happening? You have the number one defense. You have one loss on your schedule to Notre Dame. And you lose to Ohio State, who's an even more overrated team. Who's even more overrated? Had close wins to Nebraska and Maryland and got thumped by Purdue. Oh, my goodness. Now, Ohio State gets a chance at the Big Ten Championship and also the college football playoff now. If they win against Northwestern and Oklahoma wins, oh, my, I don't know who's going to be the number four seed. And even if Georgia wins, who's going to be the number four seed? That's why this weekend in college football is going to be great. Maybe Pitt will pull off an upset against Clemson. I don't see that happening, but maybe. Pitt pulled off a good win. No, Miami beat them, didn't they? Miami beat them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I got confused there. <laughs> I'll, I'll just let you keep talking. But this Saturday for college football is great. And as always, my Dukes got it done against the Delaware Blue Hens this past Saturday. They're going to move on to the second round of the FCS Colgate. playoffs and play Colgate. And this is also another rematch from the 2015 first round of the playoffs. Colgate upset JMU back in 2015. Of course, that was the last loss that we had against an FCS opponent for two years as we went on a tear and went to two national championships back-to-back. -back. Of course... We did lose to North Dakota State, which, if we beat Colgate, we most likely have a shot 
at going to North Dakota State for the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. Ooh, that's going to be... The rematch in the Fargo Dome. Oh, man. So that's my breakdown of college football, Josh. More well, of a rant than anything. But I, be ready for this Saturday for college football, Josh. I'm be sorry. ready. I'm sorry. It just couldn't help but laugh. I, I mean, I... If we had a camera, you'd see how much I've been crying because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, um, yeah, that UCF quarterback breaking his leg, oh, my gosh, that that was awful. And It's a shame. Ho- hopefully he'll be able to kick back up one day and play some more quarterback. Um, but that was a really funny rant. Um, I didn't think it was that funny, though. Yeah. Because I'm serious. Ed Orgeron gets Gatorade bathed, and seven overtimes later, they end up losing. I yeah. wonder how mad he must have been. <laughs> I couldn't but, tell you, Josh. I really couldn't. Yep. But any last words for the podcast before we say our farewell? Well, this weekend in football, I hope you guys enjoy it because it's going to be a fun weekend for football. Watch some college football on Saturday. Yes, this weekend in college football, it's going to be a good one. If you you are working, sit down, grab some popcorn, and watch some college football. Watch some great college football. I know CJ's big screen will be on. Yes, sir. And I might be there, so you never (laughs) know. All righty. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Once again, want to thank my man, voice of the Washington Wizards, Dave Johnson, for our intro. Make sure you find us. Email us at KirbyOnSports at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Kirby on Sports Podcast, or Twitter at KirbyOnSports, and our brand new Instagram page at Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Until next time, me and CJ say so long. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you next weekend. On the next episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Peace.